pick it. She lays it off. Teresa Polaris. It's an absolute peach. Is driving. What a hit from Melina Rez. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Meet him up. is no better time in the A-League women's than finals time. And that's what we're covering here tonight on Radio Dub on FNR Football Nation Radio. My name is Josh Parrish. Pakua Frimpong, as always, alongside me. How are you, Pakua? I'm doing good, Josh. You know, final series is heading, is getting there. I'm excited. I've got my snacks ready. I've got my schedule ready. I'm good. I'm ready. Well, the A-League has its schedule ready as well today. Do they? Yeah, we've got a, we've got a semi-final on Friday. And we've got one on Sunday. Good. So good rest in the Saturday. You know, mm. like, a, like a professional athlete, we get a rest day yeah. and then we're back. And then we're back. Okay. Well, one, one person will be taking to the pitch <laughs> on Sunday and uh, not watching from their couches like us is Maya Markovsky. She joins us in studio. Maya, welcome to Radio Dub. No, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell us about your experiences in the, the A-League women's this season. I mean, this team has gone through ups and downs, but you've made it. You confirmed your place in the finals uh, with that draw against Canberra United on the weekend. It must be a relief to, to finally see yourself in the semis. Yeah, definitely a relief. Um, bit of a shaky moment leading up, and towards the end, we definitely made it hard for ourselves, but finals football, anything can happen, and it doesn't really matter where you finish. The team had a lot of, like things to go through, you know, a lot of adversity they faced throughout the season, you know, losing Kayla. Melina obviously hasn't played um, this season. How, what's that like as a team to, you know, recover and, you know, get, set your mind straight to be like, we can still do it, we can still make it to the finals? Yeah, obviously losing Kayla round one was probably, a, it was a massive loss. Not only is she a great player, but our captain as well. But we've become resilient and we've really fought as a team together through times where we needed the points and I think it's brought us closer together as a team. Did you expect you yourself to be thrust into first team football like so often this season as a, as a young player? I mean Melina going down suddenly you know you're, you're the first choice striker a lot of the time. Yeah I um, definitely didn't expect it but like that's football anything can happen but obviously I'm grateful that I got the opportunity. What are the words of wisdom that you receive from from the coaching staff and from from Jeff at Victory going into your first matches you know as the, as the first choice I think it was more just have fun and just don't put pressure on yourself and just play the way you've been playing you've been training well so just bring it out on the football park see Jeff on the sideline seems like a like Mr. Cool you know like he could <laughs> old school could be in like a James Bond kind of movie like what kind of a coach is he like is he is he like really loud or is he just like a pretty chill guy and just tells you the key points that you need to know I think he's a bit of both to be honest it just depends on the moment in the game he can get very stressed and I don't know if you guys have seen it but he always has a pen in his hand that he always clicks when he's stressed and that's when you know like the real Jeff's going to come out. So it's like a, it's like you know, a PK in the in the seaside. He's got like that notebook, and I'm constantly trying to figure out what is he writing anything. So maybe if they combine forces, we might actually get some notes during the game. Like then it's not just in their head. Uh, I think he's just doing his signature over yeah, and over, a little scribbles, a little Superman S in the, exactly. in the notebook, just to. He is one uh, of the... It's just to get in the tension. Out. Exactly. That's all it is. Exactly. Exactly. What What are your pregame superstitions when you when you're feeling nervous? Um, probably just to blast the tunes. I'm usually the DJ in the change room, so I just put on whatever songs I like and just get the girls G'd up, but I'm pretty like a happy person in the change room before a game and, yeah. So now, now we've had like, I can't, we had a player say they like Georgia Smith. Now I want to know what type of music, and I'm a massive Georgia Smith, I want to know what type of music you're playing because 
this matters. You know, this is like you've unwittingly hit on like just Pakua's pet topic. I just need to know what's the music that Melbourne City women's side are playing before Melbourne Victory. It's Georgia Smith in the Melbourne City change rooms. No, I apologise. What's what's blasting the victory? So I'm stressed. Oh, we have a few songs to be honest. There's one. um, It's called We Are Young. Oh, I don't know if you know that. A lot of sing-along songs. Okay. A lot of Taylor Swift, Katy Perry. Wait, um, We Are Young by Fun? No, I don't think so. I don't really want to sing it, but... No, um, it's okay. okay. (laughs) We won't. We don't make you. No, a lot of sing-alongs. Our favourites, definitely Taylor Swift, um, Katy Perry. 10-minute song was good, though. Yeah. I'm just saying, it was pretty nice. Got a bit emotional when I watched it. It was nice. It was good. I think that works better for the girls when it's sing-along songs. We all sing together and it's kind of funny. But the, the song that we play just before going out is Got Me Feeling okay. by Alyssa. Like? It's okay. like a, it's kind of a G up. Okay. Okay. You know, when we need to make an A-League women's playlist on Spotify so. that all everybody needs to get involved in, Ooh. I'm just saying that could be a thing. I'm just, I'm just saying. Josh. How are you only coming up with this the week before finals? Josh, you know we could what? have been stress, adding week to week, player by player. Stress, you know, stress idea. brings out these, you know, these creative <laughs> ideas. I'm just saying. So initiations, we always ask about them. <laughs> You're having to sing in front of the group. Is that a tradition at, uh, at the park? Yeah, we definitely have. Everyone's done one. That's joined the club. Um, I did mine last year, but we have, we watched so many this year and they were so funny. Well, who, who was the, the standout performer? Standout. Ooh, Who had you so laughing many. the most? Probably Chids. Okay. Yeah. I, I that's a surprise. I like I think the Chids would be talented in everything she does, but that's... Yeah, but like she was kind of shy at the okay. beginning of the season, you know, she didn't show much and then she pulled out like this song that no one's heard of and she just oh, I don't can't even explain what she's done to it. <laughs> She's remixed it. Maybe it's on. Is that on your playlist now? No. We just record it secretly. <laughs> like, guys, chids. This is this is the, this is the next song for the whole season. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely not that song. No. It's it's funny how people can sort of surprise you when they when they come out of their shells mm. and so forth. Have you have you bonded as a playing group over the course of this year? Oh, definitely. I think the last couple of weeks playing so many games and stuff and having to get results to make finals has brought us together as a team. And I think that's going to really show come finals time. In terms of you and like playing throughout the entire season like have you found yourself getting more and more confident with your playing style and how you want to be as a player going on yeah definitely at the start I was still trying to break into the team and things like that but the more minutes I got the more confident I get and the more I was able to just find my feet in the league talking about the the schedule that you've had in so many games in such a short space of time it's been an absolutely brutal fixture list making up for those those cancellations how yeah. how has it taken a toll on on the group because i mean you must be have been exhausted coming into this one. <sighs> yeah i think it was the worst when it was like back to back away games so it would be home in melbourne for like one day and then the next day we'd be flying interstate again and if a player got injured and players would get injured and stuff like that, we didn't really have the rotation we could use. We had to sign a lot of players last minute as well just to make up the bench. And Yep, but we got through it, so that's all right. Is there any particular strategies that the the coaching staff use to try and manage your your minutes and and manage your recovery during those games? I think um, giving players minutes that normally wouldn't get minutes um, was good for us and also just making sure... The recovery was there. Mm. Yeah, the likes of you and Alana Murphy have really played, you know, some really key parts in um, pivotal games this season. What's that, you know? What's it like, you know, playing with players who typically wouldn't 
like get as many minutes if you know the season didn't shake out the way it did do you guys like bond over you know learning stuff with each other yeah definitely I think because all the young players that are in the team and things like that I think we have each other's backs and we kind of understand what it's like trying to break into the team and the pressure that might come with us but we're all very supportive of each other how would you describe your own game and and what you bring on the park how are you trying to put yourself forward as as a first team option um, definitely trying to be a goal scorer. Um, that's obviously what you want in your striker, a physical, aggressive, um, technical goal scorer. Yeah. Well, speaking of goal scoring, you did score, you know, a nice goal. And there was a great celebration after. <laughs> now, I feel like, I'm just saying, I feel like you started the, the C, C, I can't even say it properly, at the Australian Open because I feel like I saw you do it. I got yeah. the reaction. And then the Australian Open started and that's all I could hear. <laughs> Was I'm just saying, maybe you can see the the future. Is that what you were, were thinking? Um, definitely not. <laughs> I didn't know that it would um, blow up over social media and things like that and people making edits. Um, but it was so funny seeing Nick Kyrgios do it. What was your favourite edit that you saw? Favourite edit? Oh, it was one on TikTok. That okay. I got tagged in so many, but it was one like it cut to Ronaldo doing Ooh, it. Oh, yeah, nice. And it was cool. That's always nice. I, I think uh, Teo did his best to make it go viral as well yeah. on the commentary, <laughs> yelling out this. I feel like that's Teo's, like, Teo was like, oh, thank you. This is my, this is what I want from football. This is the great meme content that we love. And I, I loved it, love the celebration. And you're scoring more goals and you're looking more comfortable in your playing style. Is it, when you look at look ahead, is there like do you have like like what are your aspirations in terms of football? What do you want to do? Um, definitely in the league, just become like a really good player in the league, um, and just get more and more minutes and score more goals, and then hopefully um, go overseas somewhere. Yeah. We were speaking to Melina before the season started, and she obviously got injured. But uh, she said that, that Jeff Hopkins comes up with little individual targets for for a lot of the players. Um, she was supposed to get five tap ins. Obviously, hasn't had the minutes <laughs> to do that. But and you know the rest will come. Is, has he given you any any individual targets to hit this year? Um, very tactical targets, but nothing like tap ins or something mm. like that. It would be like, oh, you've got to press this player at this moment, but not really a target, no. Well, I've got to ask, like looking ahead into this final series for the team, what what do you think that you're going to have to do? Like maybe you have to – is there anything you think you have to adjust in terms of the Adelaide game coming yeah. up? Like what? how do you see that game? Um, obviously we played Adelaide a couple of weeks ago and we didn't really do too well, but we've been able to sit down and watch the game and realise what points we're missing and definitely worked on them in the last couple of weeks and I think – um, everyone's going to be seeing a different team out there come finals football. Was there extra expectation on the group this season as compared to last, given that you were coming off that, that title win? Yeah, definitely. I think last year, we were kind of the underdogs, no one really knew anything of us. But this year, we've had the pressure on our, our backs and we started the season really good too. So teams were maybe a bit scared of us. I think it's so interesting that a lot of people, you know, during the season were like, oh, because after you lost Kayla, you know, defensively people like, well, mm-hmm. how are they going to be? But you guys have taken out a, like a decent amount of clean sheets and been one of the yeah. best um, defensive teams. How do you deal with the pressure and, you know, hearing the chatter outside of, you know, the club? Um, definitely. I don't think any of the girls really take too much notice to it. I think it's not important to us. Um, the only thing what's important is what we think of each other and not the outside um, people. But, yeah, we've just got to keep our each other's backs and, yeah, just not listen to the noise outside. That's the approach. Now, we were speaking before you came in and you said that you're a Melbourne, um, Manchester City fan. Now, 
I'm not going to hold that against you. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm not going to hold it against you. Now, what do you like? What from like Melbourne, Manchester City, like abroad? Like, what do you like about them so much in terms of like, maybe their playing style? Mm. Like particular players, do you like? Um, my favorite player is Kevin De Bruyne. Okay, that's a good pick. Actually, scored a double in the derby. Um, I think it was this morning or yesterday morning. Um, he's a quality player, um, goal scoring midfielder. He's very technical. I think he's unreal, and I also just love Pep's playing style. It's it's amazing to watch. So now your brother goes for Liverpool. Yeah. Is there a bit of rivalry in the house? You know, leading oh, up to the end yeah. of this, you know, end the season that they they could um, overtake New Man City. What's what are your thoughts? Um. Look, they could, but I just don't see Man City dropping points at the moment. But yeah. in the house, if there's a game, Man City-Liverpool, you just know if you're on the losing team, you're going to cop it for the next couple of weeks. Speaking of the family connection, I mean, I'm, I'm sure this is angles being done to death, but your <laughs> uncle Jonesy being, you know, John Markovsky being a, a legend of the NSL, the comparison is sort of irresistible, right? When you're, when you're almost similar types of players as like big physical centre forwards who, who can score goals. Yeah, um, it's so good having him. Um, he's watched quite a few games this year and come to a, a few and just it's good having him in my corner and a lot of people definitely bring it up every time. Um, but you know what? I actually don't mind it. I'm privileged to have that name. Does everybody, like, does everybody in your household, you know, just because, you know, your football family, is everybody trying to give you, like, tactical tips? Man, you should have gone this way. You know, maybe this is like you should have done this. Yeah. Is that what it's like at home? Yeah, definitely. You've got... My three brothers, some of them give the approach of just roasting me for something <laughs> I've done. I definitely cannot miss a single shot yeah. because I'll know about it and they'll post it all over social media like they've already done before. But my dad's more like proper soccer coach head. Yeah. Like, you should have done this, this, this. I mean, growing up in that kind of competitive household, do you think that's that's impacted you as an athlete? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've always wanted to be better than my brothers um, and it was like my life goal to just <laughs> – be better than all of them growing up. So yeah. Do you love like a cheeky nutmeg against someone you're like playing in the like playing outside? You're like, ah, you know. Oh my god, the me. girls would definitely say at least ten times in training, I nutmeg someone. Okay. Just <laughs> they'd be walking to their drink bottle. I'm like, yep, yeah, gotcha. I feel like a nutmeg's like a great foot. Like just it just it, everybody loves a good nutmeg. Just like someone's walking, and then you just. Whew. It's a yeah. great camera oh, moment, I feel it's like. beautiful. They all need to be recorded is what I'm saying. Have you got the VO going at training so, so you can like play back those little moments? <laughs> no, we don't, unfortunately. But I think Zim in our team, she's copped it the most from me. So I've, sometimes I keep a tally. It was four in one day the other Ooh, day. That's good. That's okay. Well, maybe surely your next training session you're like, we're going to get at least six and just like multiple. Just maybe you could do like a passing drill as she walks. <laughs> just like that would, that would be good content. I'll definitely give it a go next oh, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is this is what Melbourne Victory's you know social media team needs to be doing. We've done the milk <laughs> challenge. Now we need a nutmeg challenge, and I think this, the numbers are rising. So, well, who are your your closest friends in, in the team? I mean, we've got a few American girls there, a few players who've gone over to play for the Matildas as well. Yeah, um, close with all the girls, but probably the ones closer to my age: mm. Paige, Polly, Cara, and Courtney. Bunch as well because they're just we're all very similar. In terms of our brave, our brain links, um, not the smartest, but we always have a good time, and it's just always a laugh with them. What's like the? What do you guys like compete at? Like, obviously, you know, you guys are all great footballers, but like, are you like secretly just like always competing against each other, or is it all like pretty like chill and friendly? Uh, we're definitely all very competitive at everything we do, even outside of training for doing something like bowling or something. Yeah, who's the best bowler? Actually, Brooke in okay. our team, the American. 
She's just come in and just, guys, <laughs> I'm the new bowling it, champ. She, well, we had obviously 10 shots in the first couple. She hit it in the gutter. I'm like, oh, my God. This go, is going to be back a on long. a plane. <laughs> and then she just whipped out like three strikes in a row and ended up winning on like a crazy score. I was like, okay. I feel like my bowling skills are only limited to Wii. Like I was done ever since then. <laughs> yeah. But then once the Wii remote flew out of my hands, I said, I'm retired. Don't ask me to bowl again. I'm finished. Do you have any other sort of interests outside of football, things that you try and do? Um, we all love eating. Okay. That's definitely a hobby of ours. Going to get acai bowls, going to the beach, Ooh. bringing the dogs there. Um, yeah, just normal stuff, I guess. Speaking of dogs, what type of dog do you have? I have a toy cavoodle. Oh, yes. I've actually been looking and trying to like maybe buy one and just drop it off at my house and my parents can't really say anything. Do you <laughs> think that's Literally the idea? Do you think that's the, the art I should be doing? Yes. I pretty much did that, honestly. Okay. Um, bought a whole dog and then I got um, the yes from my dad, but my mum was a bit like, mm. That's the same thing. My mum's like, no, I don't, I don't get it. Like, these things so cute. They're so I know. little. Why wouldn't you want one? Exactly. Shocking. It's disappointing. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, who doesn't want a toy cavoodle? It's ridiculous. I don't respect it. I'm not sure really where to go from there. Oh, I'm just should we talk about football again? We should talk <laughs> about okay. football. Okay. All right. So Adelaide on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you got the aspiration of, of pulling off an upset and, uh, and winning the title again. Of course. That's always the idea. Going back to back would be unreal. And I think all the girls are really hungry for that win. And I honestly, cannot wait to play Adelaide. Looking further down the line in, in your career, you know, is the plan to, to stick around here and at Victory and are you looking to push on and, and get some national team representation down the line? Yeah. You're not thinking that far. Um, definitely that is the goal. Um, obviously not thinking too much. I'm taking everything as it comes and just trying to improve as much as I can and what happens, happens. Do you have a goal celebration planned if you score on the weekend? I will not be sharing it. Oh, but no. It's, it's a... A unique one. Okay. Let me put it there. Ooh. No one's done it. Okay. You know what it's we're going to do? Own unique. So you're not she... repeating yourself with the Ronaldo no, no. thing. So what we're going to do, Josh, is we're going to clip this. And if she scores, we're putting – even I don't care when she scores next. We're putting that clip up and we're saying we got an exclusive radio dub without an exclusive. <laughs> That's what's happening. Can you uh, can you go off the record afterwards when we go to a break and tell Just us? Just tell us maybe? Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh. Okay. Radio dub exclusive without being exclusive. Okay. Like we it. can't tell you, but we'll have we you inside world. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, we can't wait for it. Well – Man, I've just got to like, just got to figure it out. And like, we're trying to. I like to sit in the. I I I, I don't ask serious questions because I really. No, everybody gets the serious stuff mm. from the you know the people who write it. Yeah. Now I've been looking at these A League men's co- women's coaches. Sorry, and I'm trying to like you know let's say we were doing a school and I feel like. Adrian Stenson would be a great humanities teacher, you know? <laughs> great humanities teacher. Now, what subject would Jeff Hopkins be teaching? You know, he's going to kill me for saying this, but history. History is okay. Just because he's been around for a <laughs> long time. <laughs> okay, that, well, I feel like that works. You know what? I can see it, you know, but Jeff would be like that cool teacher that like everybody just like, everybody just loves. Mm, Mr. You know? Hopkins. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Hopkins. Or, or Hopkins, Jeff. Jeff Hopkins. Like, you know, the new Bond movie, but just Jeff <laughs> oh, Hopkins. Maybe that's what it is. I was wondering where you're going. I that. didn't know where I was well, going. I got lost. Well, we'll see if Victory can make some history this weekend. Mayor oh. Makovsky, thank you so much for joining us, giving us a little insight into Melbourne Victory on and off the pitch, and we best, wish you the best of luck against Adelaide on Sunday. Thank you so much. We'll head to a short break here on Radio Dub. A pleasure to have Maya Markovsky here in the studio with us. Uh, Radio Dub with uh, thanks to DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants this week. We'll be back after the break with an A-League Women's Finals preview, so stick around.
Pickett, she lays it off to Teresa Polaris. It's an absolute peach. Is driving. What a hit from Melina Rez. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. An absolute pleasure to have Mayo Markovsky with us in the studio. If you missed that, it'll be up on our podcast platforms post-haste as soon as we finish the show. Josh Parrish here with Pakua Frimpong, and we've got plenty more to get through in regards to A-League women's. The final rounds confirming that the top four reads Sydney FC, Melbourne City, Adelaide United, Melbourne victory. No finals for Perth, despite their best efforts. Well, Josh, before, during the ad break, Lockie Flanagan, our amazing producer, said that I looked like I was giving a State of the Nation address. Now I am going to give a Victorian State of the Nation address, okay? <laughs> we all as Victorians need to do a collective prayer, okay? That both victory and city win, so we get a home grand final, okay? <laughs> because that's all we deserve. We've been through too much to not get this. That's all I ask. Is it too much to ask for? No, okay? Are both teams good enough? I think so. might be a challenge for both of them. They are facing exceptionally opposition and they have some hurdles to overcome. But, Josh, as Victorians, we all need to hold our hands, do a little prayer circle or anything, <laughs> okay? Please. I just want – that's all I want. Is it too much to ask for, Josh? I mean, I think we're letting our Melbourne bias shine through care. a little bit. I don't care. You know, we, we've, we've discussed with, you know, Dylan Holmes, Adelaide isn't it, okay? It's all about Victoria, okay? Sydney, ugh. Have you seen the traffic on the roads? No. Have okay? you seen the weather lately? Exactly. Perth, I'm not going to criticise Perth. They've been through a lot, okay? <laughs> Queensland, there's nothing up there, okay? There's nothing up there. <laughs> Melbourne's where it's I mean, meant to be. You know, there's no... We're the sporting capital of the world, Josh. How dare the, the women's A-League women's final not be in Melbourne? <laughs> Shameful. <laughs> Shameful. I wasn't Sorry. expecting it. Shameful, Josh. I, I've been thinking about it all week and just got emotional about it multiple times. I just... It's not right. We, we deserve this. We do. Well, we had the A-League social accounts uh, already crowning Sydney as champions before the well, finals not, even started. I have, you know, I have supported that team. I have thought they've been the best team all season. But they, they were got a little bit, you know, trigger happy. Let's relax, mm. okay? Let's type, know the words we're typing out, okay? Let's hey. know what, you know, each title actually is. I mean, who hasn't messed up a title in After Effects? Oh, absolutely. Like, it happens. It but- happens. Especially when the caption of the video is premiers yeah. and then yeah. it comes up in massive letters, champions. champions. Oh. Can we just can we can get we it right? find a distinction between these two things? Anyway, pedantry aside, <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about the actual games that happened on the weekend. We'll start with Melbourne victory, nil, Canberra United, nil. They made it hard for themselves, oh, the victory. they did. Victory had a few chances, but Canberra had a lot of chances. Mm. If Michelle Heyman had gone either right or left on any occasion... I don't know if we'd be talking about Melbourne victory versus Adelaide on the weekend because Canberra were good and I think they were the better side over the 90. Which is an indictment considering yeah. how poor they've been exactly. for the majority of this campaign. But all testament to you know Melbourne victory and Casey Dumont who actually put in some really big saves during that game and kept victory in it. And they victory almost, almost scored hitting the post uh, near the end of the game. So... Balance of the game, maybe Canberra should have won. But you know what? In football, you've got to take your chances. Otherwise, you know, ifs or maybes and, you know, coulda, shoulda, it doesn't matter. We don't live in that world. Yeah. I mean, it's not looking particularly promising for victory this weekend, given that they did lose 3-0 to Adelaide last time. I mean, we had Mayer in here before. She went, She's believing. She reckons they can pull off an upset. But I'd, I'd personally... 
if I have to predict this game and taking my bias aside, I don't see it. Yeah, it's it's going to be tricky because Fiona Watts has been in tremendous form and she's just taken out the goal scorer of the season award um, with 13 goals, I believe. And could well be the Julie Dolan medalist as well. Exactly, 100%. And I think the victory are going to need to put in genuinely their best performance all season. But I'm not... I'm not writing them out because I think Jeff Hopkins is an amazing coach and I think if you give him time to really what it would have been a, just a week and two days since they last played to really give this team time to rest and let him come up with the game plan, I think they can do it. I think it's an uphill battle and I'm with you in thinking that Adelaide are the favourites heading into this game but I'm not going to write victory off because they do have quality on the puck. Obviously, Kyra Cooney-Cross won't be playing after the accumulation of four yellow cards during the season, but, you know. I don't think that's necessarily a deal-breaker for victory. She no, hasn't had the best exactly, campaign. Exactly. She hasn't had the best campaign. And she was outstanding last year, um, playing predominantly on the wing. She's changed positions a few times this season, played a lot in the middle of the park. I don't think she's been able to find consistent form. And it's kind of bizarre that she's managed to get four yellow cards and one red card. Honestly. And I think she's only committed seven fouls all season. I think that's... Which doesn't Just, speak volumes for her tackling. No, it doesn't. But it also uh, seven tackles, and you know that's like the red mm. card was deserved. I I, I I remember I was at that game, and I think that was the right decision. Seven tackles, sorry, not yes, seven fouls. Yeah, seven tackles, sorry. But um, that that was my my, my error. No, no, all good. You're, you're good. Uh, all good. Mid all flow. Good. <laughs> um, but I just find it so strange when somebody was like, when I found out that she wasn't going to play this weekend, I was I was like, wait, wait. But I swear she had like doesn't tackle that often. Like she's never, she's not. How did she get? How did she, she get suspended? suspended so quickly? And I was like, surely there are other players who commit more dangerous fouls or you know tackle more often that wouldn't this would actually happen to? Mm. It's strange. Yeah, um, Jeff Hopkins in the post match interview said that he didn't want to put it in the players' minds before the game that they were walking a tightrope with regards to suspensions. What do you make of that? I understand it. I think it says a lot the fact that he started her mm. when she she knew she was on that like that edge. But they needed no, a point. Exactly, and exactly that's the thing that that their team is a little bit fragile because of all the disruptions they've had this season. That he had to play her and couldn't you know afford to just maybe keep her for the second half to maybe adjust and just see how the game went. Um, but you know what, millionaires, I, I think might have to start um, mm. or at least play a big role. At least role. play a big role in the game this weekend. And you know what? Melina Rez at her best is one of the best strikers in the in the A League women. So I have I think they I think if Victory can hold out as the game goes on, like they can really hold and push it to the last twenty, then I th- or like just still to the second half at least and don't let Adelaide get too far in front of them, they can certainly, you know, maybe sneak a win. Elsewhere Perth Glory were ultimately unsuccessful in their their finals push despite being forced to play away from home for most of the season, being a complete underdog even without taking that into consideration. They won 3-1 against Wellington. They were seven goals short on goal difference. I mean, honestly, despite them not making the finals, I think Alex Aparkas is in the running for Coach of the Year. I think that – so Teo did a poll on his Twitter about – who the you know the coach of the season was, and I think Adrian Stenzel came out 
when I when coach I coach of Adelaide, yeah, yeah, coach of Adelaide, he was number one for most people who voted. But I think it, I think it's really hard to not to not pick Alex Apakis. Adelaide United last season almost made the finals, and it was just goal difference, so they didn't make it. Adrian, like Alex Apakis has got Perth from bottom of the table to just missing out on the final. Now I know seven goals is a lot, but it's deceiving because Perth had like some big mm. losses, even though they've been a great side all season. I think he's comfortably my coach of the season. I think he's done a tremendous job and he's they play a nice brand of football that's enjoyable to watch every weekend. No love for, for Juric or Vitasic? No, I think Rado's done an exceptional job, but Adelaide, I mean, not Adelaide, so Sydney FC are Sydney FC. And they're stacked. They're stacked. They, they've got tremendous players all throughout and they haven't lost a lot of players during the season. Like Obviously, they lost um, Courtney Vine and Romy Siemensen throughout the season to Matilda, to Matilda stuff, but so a lot of other side also lost mm. players to international duty. I think that Ryder's definitely done a tremendous job as well because I think a lot of people didn't expect them to I think mm. a lot of people may have picked them to go to the finals, but not maybe as high as they've, you know, and as impressively as they've done. I had them third in preseason, yeah. and they've they've been battling for, yeah. for Premier League, exactly, which I didn't expect. I can't exactly remember where I had them, but um, I think that Alex Parks to me, is I think it's hard to not pick him. He's what he's done with that playing group, and they've played away from home essentially the entire season and haven't seen their family mm. for large portions of the season. We can't underestimate how difficult that is for professional athletes and especially a really young group of players as well. Yeah, I mean that's it's a very challenging circumstance. So I think Apark is is a, is a good good shout for that award. Uh, their season's over, but they've won a lot of admirers in the process. Absolutely, and uh, unearthed a few real talents as well. Uh, I think Hannah Lowry in particular yeah. has been been my my pick of the bunch. But there's there's plenty in that Perth squad that you could say you know, future Matilda, future stored of this competition, despite, you know, their tender years. Uh, let's talk about uh, Adelaide United, Sydney FC. Could be a, a finals matchup, just d- depending on how these, these Josh, first rounds of the playoffs go. are you betraying Victoria? Is that what you're doing? I said it could be. I didn't <laughs> say it's going Don't to Don't say what that's <laughs> relax, yeah? But uh, going down one goal to nil, uh, Satchel with the winner in the second half. So, I mean... This one was a closely contested yeah. game. Uh, I think both sides were just feeling each other out. They've never met this season. Um, it was a question as to whether the full strength squads were put out, and you know we didn't see didn't see Courtney Vine. Uh, we we didn't see some of the the first choice uh, players on on the park for for Sydney FC, but Vines was enforced by injury, and. Whether we see her not in the first round of the finals against Melbourne City may may play a big part. I'd just like to say this. I think that Adelaide didn't really have anything to play for. Like their finals position wasn't in jeopardy. So I don't I'm, – I'm not – I think Adelaide are a tremendous side and I think mm. the fact that Adelaide maybe weren't giving it, you know, 400%, maybe 80% because they knew they didn't really have to – there wasn't much to play for for them. The fact they only lost 1-0 and I know – Courtney Vine was out. I understand that. But they still had Remy Seamuson, Princess Abini, Rachel Lowe. They still had tremendous players across the park. I think it's Adelaide are a much more fierce opponent than, you know, than this score, like this score um, says. Yeah. Um, I, I think they still would be underdogs if they do face Sydney in the finals. But 
you know, this shows that they can compete. Uh, I think Courtney Vine does tend to break games open when yeah. she does play and, you know, her inclusion or otherwise this weekend is going to be a determining factor against Melbourne City. But Adelaide showed that they have grown a lot as a team this season. Do you think that if Courtney Vine plays, they, if she doesn't play, sorry, that Melbourne City have a chance in that game? Yeah, I do. I do, actually. I mean, in many ways, Courtney Vine is Sydney's Holly McNamara okay. in the way that she provides that speed and incision up front. You know, Holly McNamara tends to play a little bit more centrally, uh, and Vine is, is a wide player, of course. But I think they're similar in terms of their attributes and styles. So without both of those players, potentially it's it's a wash. Yeah, certainly. Uh I, I think that Holly McNamara has really impressed me this season. It's obviously quite unfortunate that, you know, how her season has ended. And Courtney Vine is a, is a great footballer and she provides a lot for Sydney FC. But I, I still give Melbourne City a chance even if um, Vine plays because I think that City have shown a lot of determination throughout the entire season that they can hold on and make it really difficult for you guys, for people, teams to break them down and just beat them comfortably because they will stay in there and they will find opportunities, especially with Hannah Wilkinson back and Stoddy, you know, potentially getting back in the team because I don't believe she played on the weekend. She didn't. She, she was didn't. not in the squad. Yeah, she wasn't in the squad at all. So they may be, like, assuming they're resting her for the finals. Why can't City beat uh, Sydney FC? Well, let's talk about City then. Uh, two nil victors over Western Sydney Wanderers who've been atrocious this year. Yeah. I don't think there's any other way to describe it, but... Uh, getting Wilkinson back, she got on the score sheet. Very nice goal from Rihanna Polizzino. Almost scored a double. Uh, Is that a radio in... dub guess? Yes. Oh, yes. fantastic. You can always find that interview back on Spotify or anywhere. Yes. We... It, was good. it was a good interview. Uh, futsal player and... Uh... Competitive at um, card games as well. Mm, yeah. She's, she's such a threat from outside the box. I think more so than any other player in the competition. From the off the top of my head... Yeah. In terms of danger, when she's on the ball and in a bit of space, 20 metres yeah, out, her, I don't think there's anyone else who's... Kicks, um, I, I can't remember the commentator on the game. They asked her at halftime, you know, are you going to take... Because I think Chelsea Blissett took a free kick and they're like, are you going to ask, are you going to take the next free kick? And she said, absolutely. Cause <laughs> of course she, I am. Yeah, she's, she's been... Trim, like, from, like, set pieces, she's honestly been one of the most, dom, like, dominant players doing that this season. Mm. And I don't think I've seen many players be as, you know, as accurate and actually pose, like, pose a real threat from outside the box as well. So she she knocked one in from the edge of the box and but I will say, forced a great save from another I will one. say, though, I think that because of the amazing season that Holly McNamara has had, Rihanna Polizzina doesn't actually get enough credit for all the work she has done this season mm. because she does a lot of little things that you will not notice, but she scored a lot of goals. But I feel obviously Holly McNamara has been phenomenal. And she's, before she got injured, she honestly was my player of, of the season. I think the Rihanna Polizzina deserves a tremendous round of applause no matter how Melbourne City's season finishes out this year. Well, her nickname's Minnie. Uh, <laughs> she shares that nickname with another Minnie, Katrina Gorey, yeah. who I thought was absolutely unbelievable in a game of zero consequence. <laughs> a 5-1 win over the Newcastle Jets. Larissa Crummer with a hat-trick. She finally... It felt like the dam broke for her, you know, in the second... Well, I guess the last yeah. quarter of this season after struggling in front of goal... Uh, prior in the campaign. She seems to have finally gone over that hurdle, but I thought Katrina Gori was actually the star of the match. Katrina Gori is comfortably top three midfielders in this league. Like, I could make a case for her being number one. Like, she's – when she has the ball, 
the passing mm. that she has and the way in which she knows things are going to happen before they happen and her spatial awareness, she is phenomenal. And I think the Matildas obviously like miss her. But for Brisbane, she is she's kept them mm. she kept them close. And obviously they fell away as the season went on, but Katrina Gorey, fantastic. Yeah, Every yeah. time I see her play football. I to borrow a phrase off uh, off the great Brian Clough, yeah. you know, I wasn't wouldn't say she was the best midfielder, but I would say she was in the top one. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. She's she's just like in, in it's, to think that obviously she just had a baby, like she just had a baby before mm. the season, and she's come back and she's played like incredible football. Even though when Brisbane have been losing, you can never tell me that Katrina Gorey has been like the reason they've lost or. You could, you'd, mm. you'd honestly be like, the reason they didn't lose by four more goals because Katrina Gorey was, knew exactly what she was doing. She went to Bosmo and she said, we're not getting embarrassed today. Yeah. I mean, they had a disappointing season. Brisbane Raw, by their standards, it's a pretty proud program up yeah. there. Um, and they, they usually do better than this in the early women's. But they had a lot of you can't, There's no yeah. blame on, on her shoulders. Uh, or little Harpers. And if... Yeah. if Larissa Crummer had had her goal-scoring boots on the whole season. I mean, she might have been troubling the top scorers. Maybe in like 10 seasons or like in 10 years' time we see uh, uh, Harper on the pitch because Katrina Gore is so good. Harper just lowers the age range for A-League <laughs> women's stars because she'd just be dominating. I mean, that would be an early start, even early by start. A-League women's standards. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I feel like Harper, you know, she's going to be a, a super talent <laughs> as I knock my hand on the mic. <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask you for a prediction okay. because we've got finals this weekend. We've got Aussies abroad to talk about after the break. So now's the time to, to push your chips into the middle of the table. Yeah. Who's winning out of Sydney FC and Melbourne City on Friday? My bias is my bias. I'm <laughs> speaking loud in the back of my beep, mind. Beep. I'm going to go because I really love Melbourne City's defence. I really, mm. really love that defence. I think... 2-1 win for Melbourne City. Wow. 2-1. That would be huge. Would be Away huge. from home. Away from home. On a on a soaked yep. cogger. I think Stoddy's going to be back. I think Hannah Wilkinson's going to be really a real threat. Um, and I love everything about Melbourne City and what well, they've done this season. I, I, can't, I can't go with you on this. That's okay. If, That's okay. If it, Courtney it, Vine's it creates, playing. It creates great, it creates great you know, build up on the show. Okay. okay. If Courtney Vine starts and she's fit, I think Sydney are going to get the job done. Okay. What's the scoreline? We'll seal a TNC, um, you know. Under 2.5. Under 2.5. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say 1 0 to Sydney. See, it's going it's to be close. I think though. it's tight. Yeah, I, I, think, don't think it's, I don't think there's going to be much in it. All right, and let's go to Sunday then. Preliminary final between Melbourne Victory and the home side, Adelaide United. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, we had Mayor in here, but Adrian Stent has done a tremendous job and Adelaide have been one of my – I said from the first game of the season, I spoke about them mm. in their game against Victory. I gave them, like, credit. I think they go out 3-1. Um, they beat Victory 3-1. Now I'm in the position of, do I go with my head or my yeah. heart? And I'm going with Mayang Markovsky, winning okay. goal. Okay. We get the celebration, Breaking. the con- the 
I guess, what, what would you call it? Off the record exclusive yeah, we had during um, the break. On we, the record. Wait, I can't. I just said it before. I can't remember. <laughs> I've lost my words. So we asked her what celebration she was going to pull out. She said she had something prepared, but she wouldn't reveal it publicly. We've got the inside word, yeah. and I want to see it. I want to see it too. So I'm going with my heart. I'm going to say. And non-exclusive exclusive is what I called it before. 2-1 victory okay. for the eponymous well, Melbourne victory. That would be good because then you'd get up. You get a, a Melbourne Derby. No, but then you'd also get a grand, a last year grand final replay between Sydney and. Or have I, have I just so three and four have to play against yeah. the loser of one and two. That's what I'm saying, though. So you get victory versus Sydney again from the grand final from the year before. That'd be <laughs> that'd be spicy. That would be. And Harry Pretty Cross would be. Uh, hey, no, I've, I've remember I've tipped Sydney to win. So if all, all goes how I predicted, it's a Melbourne Derby. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a lot still to play out in the A-League women's. Uh, we've diverged slightly on uh, on our predictions, or indeed, we've diverged completely. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see what comes. We can't wait for the playoff games. Stick around after the break, though, because we've got an Aussies Abroad update to come. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute Aussie on Aussie violence in the Conti Cup. Chelsea won Manchester City three. Uh, last time out, Chelsea's coach said she was purring after Sam yes. Kerr's goal. Sam Kerr did get on the score sheet in this one, but it wasn't enough. Two goals from Carolyn Weir and one from England striker Ellen White. Leading Alana Kennedy's Manchester City to some silverware. Good moment for, uh, for Kennedy in this final. Absolutely. Good moment for Hayley Razzo as well, who helped with the first goal, I believe, if I'm remembering mm. correctly. Um, but Manchester City have slowly but sh- – surely but – slowly but surely? Is that the way – the yep. phrase? Okay. Surely but slowly I would don't be, know. A, you know, just be, a criticism yeah, of the speed. It would be a criticism. <laughs> they have got better. They started, They had a lot of hurdles at the start of the season, a lot of injuries, and they, they were looking very shaky. They were looking mid-table at best, and they've really recovered and steadied the ship and are moving up the FAWSL um, table. But a good, solid win over Chelsea that personally, if anybody told me they thought Manchester City was actually going to win, I would have called them a liar because Chelsea are such a great team that they've been looking a little bit shaky at times and congratulations to Man City for that win. They deserved it. They were dominant the whole game. Maybe Emma Hayes is, uh, is too busy with her new duties as uh, r- running the actual club. Yes, she so might be a little bit busy. She's one of the members of the charitable trust that Roman Abramovich has put in charge of Which, the club, honestly, the stewardship. The charitable trust, honestly, I don't think it's all sorted out in terms of like who actually owns the club because I'm pretty sure they're not allowed. Like It doesn't actually work. It's so. stewardship and care. Yes. They're not actually owning the club. Yeah, and they're not really doing Abramovich it. has to sell it in the meantime. Yeah. So. You know, she had a bit of a, a bit of extras on her plate this week Just of all weeks. So. Um, I think Man City have, in terms of the FAWSL and the way in which they've been playing, I'm very impressed and I'm a little bit scared for my Arsenal side as we try to hold on dearly with all anything we have to win that title. Mm. But Chelsea, as they are currently, they're currently a game behind us and only a point behind us as well. They've 
they've been looking a little bit unsteady at times and haven't been as clinical and as sharp as they have. We've, you're, we're used to seeing them play and they've been knocked out of the Champions League quite early on and Man City obviously didn't may even qualify for the Champions League in the in the qualifying stages. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how both the teams deal with this game and how it propels the rest of their season going forward. I'm interested in the form of the Australian players in particular in that Manchester City side. I mean, you were quite critical of Alana Kennedy earlier on in the year and her, her performances. I was. You know, She uh, stepped it up. She has. She certainly has. And she put in a tremendous uh, defensive effort, especially with the firepower that Chelsea have. Alana Kennedy has been playing well recently, and I think she's really found herself. And because, because the, when I was criticising Alana Kennedy specifically, in terms of when she was playing for you know, at the start of the season, there was a lot of injuries and it probably might have not been totally fair to give or, you know, put maybe criticise her as much as I did because they did have a lot of injuries and she was quite, she was new to the system. So she was having to do a lot of work that she wouldn't have been required to do. And I think she's really blossomed and got more comfortable with the side. And Hayley Razzo has put in like performance after performance and only been out of the side a few times with a little bit of like injury concerns and stuff like that. But She's been playing amazing football and has really gelled with that with that front uh, little front three setup they've got at Man, um, Man City. There are quite a few new players in that team, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So uh, obviously, Alana Kennedy's a new signing, um, but there's they've signed a few new players. So I, I don't think it's a huge surprise that it's taken them a while to, to gel and yeah, to settle. Yeah, absolutely. And they've they, the Manchester City side has got world class talent from the front to the back. Like it's an impressive side and obviously, you know, to build confidence to, you know, maybe even feel that you should be there as well. I think that plays into a lot of footballers' minds that, you know, you've got into a new situation, you've got to perform really well and I've got to be at the same level as, you know, I'm in the best league in the world. So maybe that played into a little bit with Alana Kennedy as well. Speaking of belonging, it seems like the City of London has taken to Sam Kerr. Just a little bit, just a little. They uh, named her FAWSL Player of the Year, which... You know what? I get it. It's fine. Viv Miedemar, she was good. <laughs> you know, it's fine. But, you know, Sam Kerr is well-deserved. And I think finally she gets an award because, you know, she was robbed of a few awards, you know, a few months ago. We don't want to speak about that on Radio Dub. It upsets us all and makes our stomachs turn. But Sam Kerr, yet again, scoring. She does it for fun at this this point. And, you know, maybe she likes to spice it up a little bit, changing up the way in which she scores. Mm. I mean, I'd like to see her change it up a little bit for the Matildas. Absolutely. And get more involved in the play. We've spoken about this before, but I think there are more creative ways that Sam Kerr could be used in the national team, giving her a little bit more freedom to drift out wide and drop deeper to receive the ball and run at defenders. In terms of Sam Kerr, I I don't like put any blame on her because she can only play in the position the manager asks her to play. But Sam Kerr shouldn't be our number, our focal point as a striker. I think she can play it not all the time. No, not all the time. I think she can even she can play out wide, or she can even play a little bit deeper and have like Caitlin Ford, you know, as the main striker and let her. Because I think there's rarely men, there's few occasions in which Sam Kerr is not the best player on the field. Mm. There are very rare occasions when we're playing international football where she's just not one of the best players, or the, you know, the best player or one of the best three on the uh, on the field. Why can't we allow her to play a more creative role and get others involved and change things up? And why does she have to just be, you know, a Tim Cahill sort of play where she stands there, waves her arms in the air and goes, cross me the ball and I'll, I'll guess I'll head it in. And then we either go for the scraps where the ball rolls around and, you know, she tries mm. to score 
you know, a goal in that way. I, we can be more creative, this Matilda side, if we're going to really disrupt in w- the way in which international women's football is being played and become, a, you know, an actual leader in it. Why can't we just be a little bit more disruptive, disrupt, disruptive in the way in which we play football? Oh, good, good luck with that with, uh, with Tony G in charge. I think the conventional doesn't even Josh, begin you know how to I feel about Tony G. describe yeah. it. But anyway, um, let, let's, let's not end the show on a, uh, on a sour note. Uh, let's end it with the standings in the FA Women's Super League. Arsenal on top on 37 points. Chelsea behind them with three games in hand. Three games, on, three games. So that's an eight-point differential to make up. So they have to win all of them. Uh, in order to overhaul Arsenal on top of the table. Manchester United, uh, who haven't had a women's team for long, uh, are one point behind on 28, but they've only got one game in hand on Arsenal. Tottenham with one game in hand as well on the same points. Then Manchester City, as you say, creeping up the table, making up some of those games that they haven't played. They're quite a ways off Arsenal. I don't think you should be getting too worried yet. It's a 14-point gap. Uh, with only two games in hand, so yeah. I, I think there's a long way oh, no, to go. No, there's a long way in terms of. I'm just in terms of like when we, you know, I believe we have to play them again. I think we've mm. only played them once this it's season. Those six pointers that you're worried about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I'm just I'm a little bit nervous about them, and you know, seeing if I think a lot of the other teams in the top four should be a little bit afraid of them, and maybe they might take points off them as well. But you know, for me, my Arsenal side, we won both sides won on the same day. Josh, I'm not going to lie to you. Celebrations were going wild in my house. Okay, that day I was very, very excited and very happy about that. Speaking of Arsenal, doesn't look like Lydia Williams is reclaiming her first no. team spot anytime soon, which is a uh, concern. I'll be honest with you, Josh. I I liked the move for her, you know, but Mano Zinsberger, who congratulations to her, I believe she just got engaged to her partner a few days ago. Congratulations to her, but uh, she's so important for Arsenal. She does the incredible. If anybody, I would like, I would recommend people just go look at some of her highlights. She does some of the incredible. Sometimes she does some silly things that give me, like I start getting, you know, having to check my blood pressure. I'm just a little <laughs> bit concerned, but she's been really solid. So for she, us. is she a sweeper keeper is what you're getting at? Yeah, a little bit, but she does some incredible saves. Look, she did one in the Tottenham game last season. I'm pretty sure, but it was really, really nice. But I think Lydia Williams, it's going to be really difficult for her to, get that starting spot. She occasionally plays when we do play in, you know, the FA Cup, which has just restarted um, again after playing in FA Cup for two seasons, but it was for, yep, okay, it was a COVID. whole, the, yep. the math was all around the place, but I think it'd be really difficult for her to replace Zinsberger. Does she look, need to look for a move? I think potentially, but I don't think Arsenal would want to let her go. Like mm. having two quality keepers it's a luxury. It's but a luxury. I don't but know whether it's a luxury that Lydia Williams' career yeah, exactly. can afford. But it's also, I could say the same thing about Caitlin Ford, who doesn't necessarily play, because we have True. Nikita Paris and, you know, we've got lots of players just like on the, like Nikita Paris is sitting on 49 w, um, FAWSL goals and she's been on there for so long. She never plays and she was <laughs> like dominating in France. You know, obviously the, her last season there was a bit, yeah. But like we've got amazing players that are on mm. the bench Caitlin Ford might also need to go, but I think they only recently signed a new contract a little while ago. I well. bet those training sessions are unbelievable. I'd like to watch those videos, and they're quite funny. I enjoy them. All right. Well, we'll leave it there for today. Thank you all for watching along on Radio Dub Finals coming up this weekend. We Let's go, Victoria. Wait. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Polaris. It's an absolute...